Welcome to Green Bites, Sustainable Asia's weekly environmental news podcast. I'm Shermaine Lee, and I'm Avery Choi. In less than ten minutes, we offer you bite-sized green updates in Asia that we think you should know about. Welcome back. This week, we'll be giving an update on daily floods in China, the launch of the largest carbon trading market in the world, Japan's new green energy plan, food delivery giant's carbon zero pledges, and wild pigs' role in environmental damage. There have been a lot of extreme weather events lately. As we have talked about last week, China has been bracing for a summer of dangerous floods and droughts. Yes, and it's devastating to see the scale of destruction shared on social media. It's very unfortunate. We have been seeing days of extreme rainfall in central China since mid-July, which swelled rivers and flooded many cities, particularly in Hainan Province. At least a dozen people died on July 20th after a record downpour flooded an underground metro system in Hainan city of Jiangzhou. Rainwater gushed down into the subway, trapping a train with more than 500 people on board. Fortunately, most of the commuters on the submerged rail car were rescued. The 457.5 millimeters of rain that battered the city in a 24-hour period on July 20th is equivalent to eight months of Zhengzhou's average rainfall. On top of that, it also hit a new national record of 201.9 millimeters of rain in a single hour. Devastation is spreading across Hainan just two days after the incident. The death toll in the province has risen to 33, with eight missing. More than three million people in the province were affected, and many were required to evacuate. According to Chinese state media, the economic losses are currently estimated at 1.22 billion yuan. That's around 188.5 million U.S. dollars. China's Central Meteorological Observatory forecasts that more heavy rainfall is still likely to hit the region. Although many international scientists believe this year's unusual weather patterns are caused by climate change, China's climate agency denied the link between climate change and heavy rainfalls. On a brighter note, China kicked off its carbon trading exchange on July 16th as it pursues the country's 2060 carbon neutrality goal. The exchange is now the world's largest carbon trading platform. At the moment, China's carbon trading exchange is only limited to the power generating industry, but it is a sector that contributes to 40% of the country's carbon dioxide emissions. The first major deal was made on July 21st. Between the oil and gas enterprise Sinopec and state-owned conglomerate China Resources, Sinopec purchased permits for 100,000 tons at 5.292 million yuan. That's around 818,000 U.S. dollars from China Resources. Finally, we've been monitoring that news since we've covered that delayed launch in Green Bytes episode five. So, how about a quick recap on what carbon trading is? That's a really good idea. So, the government sets an overall emission limit for the carbon-emitting industry, and then issues permits to companies, allocating them a certain amount of greenhouse gases over a given period of time. 
Companies encouraged to lower their emissions and then sell for profit the excess carbon allocation on the exchange. Alternatively, heavy emitters can increase their permit limits by purchasing credits from the low-emission companies. So, by assigning a value to the carbon emissions, companies have an incentive to be more energy efficient, which in turn help China reach the goal of carbon neutrality by 2060. There are questions, however, on whether this carbon trading scheme is ambitious enough to help China in achieving the 2060 neutrality goal. Experts said that the initial permits are priced too generously when compared to similar programs in the European Union. They believe that the relatively low cost of the permits might not be severe enough for heavy emitters to consider as penalties and comply. Hey, Avery, do you remember the 2011 nuclear disaster in Fukushima? Of course, how can I forget? It's one of the world's largest nuclear disasters in modern history, which happened after a tsunami hit the power plant at the time. We've talked about this in a previous episode because the incident stopped the country from pursuing nuclear energy as part of its path to carbon neutrality by 2050. Japan has now bowed to pressure from environmental activists and announced a plan to speed up the use of renewable energy by 2030. However, they refuse to change their target for nuclear power. Instead, stating that they will try to reduce their reliance on nuclear energy in the future. Japan has boosted target renewable energy in the national mix from about 24 to 38 percent of power supplies by 2030. The use of coal will also be slashed to 90 percent and 26 percent under the new plan, while imported liquefied natural gas will go down from 56 percent. To forty-one percent, and the nuclear power that the world is most concerned about will remain unchanged at twenty to twenty-two percent. Shermaine, I know that you, just like many Hong Kongers, like exploring different restaurants and tasty food. With many options at our fingertips, online food delivery has become the go-to option for many. Especially during COVID nineteen, when we have to abide by social distancing rule, do you order food online too? Well, actually, I have a love hate relationship with food delivery. I'm against ordering from restaurants that use plastic containers, of course, but for the ones that use paper containers, I can see how they keep people from being hungry during COVID nineteen lockdowns. The reason why I brought this topic up is that Southeast Asia's biggest ride hailing and delivery apps, Grab and Go Jack. Have vowed to reach zero carbon emissions. Starting this month, Grab in Singapore will be offering a new service that allows delivery staffers to ride a hybrid or an electric car for the same fare as the normal option. That's a welcoming move for the mega startup that plans to go public soon. I know that Indonesia's Gojek also pledged to reach zero carbon emissions by 2030 by shifting their delivery crew to completely using electric vehicles. Both companies said they have already started their green plans. Grab said it saved about 318 million cutlery sets last year by introducing a food delivery option that does not include utensils. While Gojek distributed about 67,000 reusable delivery bags for drivers in the last two years. That would be a good start for the region's ESG investment. If companies set out environmental, social, and governance goals before they want to be listed. 
Singapore's gaming hardware maker Razer, which is listed in Hong Kong, also started a 50 million U.S. dollar green fund that invests in a green home care product startup in Singapore. Experts said that it could be because developing economies are dominant in Southeast Asia, and millennial founders who are relatively more eco-conscious are behind the emerging ESG investments and goals. Okay, and now it's time for a little quiz. Avery, what type of animal is called an invasive species from a study at the University of Queensland, and is said to have released almost five million tons of carbon, equivalent to a million cars, across the globe? Well, I know that cow release methane, which is also a type of greenhouse gas, but carbon, I'm not sure. The answer is wild pigs. Wait, what? Wild pigs? Why? Well, we all know that pigs love to plow through fields like tractors just to look for food and comfort. But by doing so, they're actually also uprooting the carbon that was trapped in soil. They usually plow as deep as 15 centimeters, about the same depth as crop tilling by farmers. But soil contains three times more carbon than in the atmosphere, so even just a small fraction of carbon released from soil can have a large impact to accelerate climate change. Wild pigs are indeed a large threat to humanity's goal to mitigate climate change. They are native to Europe and Asia, but are not scattered around every continent. In China, a research from the Jingle Mountains National Nature Reserve found that carbon emissions from soil surge over 70 percent per year in places disturbed by wild pigs. The study from the University of Queensland also estimated that the area of soil wild pigs uproot annually is equivalent to the size of Taiwan, and sometimes it can be as large as England. And since they are highly social and often hang out in large groups, they can destroy a paddock in a short time. Countries have been trying to control their rapid breeding rate, as they are known to be able to avoid traps. In China alone, the number of wild boars skyrocketed from a million in 1999 to 33 million in the past two decades. Although current control programs like aerial control can substantially reduce carbon dioxide. Scientists said long-term benefits of reducing wild pigs might far outweigh the costs. So this is all we have for this week's Green Bites. If you have any news stories you think we should highlight, let us know on our social media platforms with the hashtag #ShareYourBite. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channels for more content and share our podcast with your friends and family. If you're interested in sponsoring Green Bites or have any comments about our content, we would love to hear from you. Email us using communication at sustainableasia.co or drop us a line on social media. Our handle is at sustainableasia. Thanks for listening.